0: and welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy, I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined today by um, a fellow music enthusiast um, who I met while seeing Avi Tehr um, in uh, the Twin Cities about almost two years ago. Uh, we met through a mutual friend, um, but she's a writer. Uh, she writes for music in Minnesota, um she's also a shop owner. She owns a little brand called Beal Goods. She's, she's also um, been very active uh, in social justice in the last year. And I am looking forward to um, really talking to her about uh, what she does and why she does it. So thank you very much, Juliana, for joining me today.
1: Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I've never been on a podcast. So this is my first time. You're,
0: do great. <laughs> You're doing great so far. <laughs>
1: great.
0: <laughs> well, to start, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay, you know, trying to survive. Uh, Minnesota just finally got out of like being negative 30 for the past 10 days. So I feel like I can actually function again. Um, so I've basically just been actually leaving my apartment for once, which is cool and uh, just working. So I'm working on new stuff for my shop, like you said. So that's exciting and fun. And yeah, that's kind of it.
0: (laughs) It sounds so fun, you know, like.
1: (laughs) It is, it is. People are always like, you know, what do you do on the weekends? I'm like, you know, sit around and make things craft. (laughs) And they're like, okay. I'm like, yeah. I mean, you have a bottle of wine with you. It's great.
0: (laughs) Oh Yeah, so down in Milwaukee, it's, yeah, the sun is out, Um, you know, the, the climate's not much different from uh, from yours over yeah. there. And uh yeah, last week, like, when the polar vortex was on us, like, I did my best to just not leave the house and I got real stir crazy. Cause like, going on walk is a big deal for me.
1: Same, you know? I try like, to go I, up every day, so.
0: Yeah, like I walk around the park, and listen to Animal Collective, like, every single day, (laughs) like, but uh, not doing that is, you know, it's it's hard, so I, I mean, it shouldn't be, like, this, you know, warming, both, like, figuratively, and literally, for it to just be, like, 30, you know, (laughs) like, why, why were we so stoked for that,
1: I yesterday was like 17 and sunny and I was like oh yeah like I am going outside right now this is gonna be amazing
0: (laughs) you're like the shit's lit out here (laughs) I
1: I could literally it was sweater weather like I did not I could wear this like I was good
0: (laughs) yeah yeah no I, I feel that totally um and like um yeah I mean we're we're almost out of February luckily Yes. And then, you know, we only have like two more months of winter. That
1: <laughs> Maybe three, we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make up, <laughs> it's fine. But, um, what we talk about in Mr. Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so, Juliana, do you go by Julie at all? or are you mostly? Um,
1: I feel like everybody mostly calls me Jules. Like, everybody knows me as Groovy Jules. It's actually the three-year anniversary of me being named Groovy Jules this weekend Congratulations! So. <laughs> so that my little rave name um but yeah jules juliana whatever
0: spectacular okay jules um we met thanks to our good friend alec um shout out to my baby alec v um <laughs> aka the vibe deceiver um yeah i i did did you ever hear the story of how i met him
1: i feel like probably not
0: okay so, oh, no. <laughs> so do you remember when Animal Collective was doing their Sung Kongs tour?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah. So, um, I went to go see them uh, in Chicago by myself, and uh, um, saw the show. It was great. And then I just stuck around, you know, outside the venue for a little bit uh, to see if like they were gonna come out and like maybe I could like say hi. And I was just waiting on the on the the sidewalk there. And these two people that seemed very friendly. um, We're like, they're standing nearby. And somehow we like, I think I like made a remark about just waiting to see if like, they were gonna come out, you know, and then we just started talking. And then like, I get to know these two people. And we start talking about like, Oh, my name is Ben. And then it's like, oh, my name's Alec, and this is Nora, <laughs> and um, I find out he's from Milwaukee, and I'm like, oh shit, dude, I live in Milwaukee, um, and it turns out we know some of the same people, and I was like, way stoked, because that never. Like, what are the odds, you know? Yeah, so we exchanged each other's like socials like we became friends on Facebook. And so we, we kept in touch. We just started like kind of sharing music. I found out that he's also pretty socialist. You know, we yeah. <laughs> see, see the world similarly. And then, um, yeah, uh, next thing you know, we're going on like a cross state uh, journey to go see AB tear together. And uh, now he's one of my best friends. So That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what do you know him through school or something?
1: Well first of all I love that story I that's why I love music so much is because it For brings real. me together with so many of my friends especially being a part of like the EDM community because you travel yeah. to all these festivals whatever um but I know Alec through my good friend Sarah who's she's actually like my best friend who is a crazy goofy nut she's like the best person you will ever meet and so best like be. Yeah. any person that she knows I know is going to be awesome so we just I think I want to say Alec like maybe lived in our hall or something freshman year but we lived on like way different floors and just kind of met you know at lunch or whatever with Sarah and like you said kind of see the world in similar ways so we also just kind of hit it off and still see each other. So. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it doesn't seem that complicated to, you know, like to have empathy for people in the world. You know, I think basic human rights aren't really like um, up for discussion, you know? <laughs>
1: like not super radical, even though I guess it right. is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, I guess I'm a radical leftist, but you yeah. know, just <laughs> caring about other people, like, doesn't seem that complicated. But anyway, that's for another day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we met at that AV tear show, I like we met cause like, I mean, you were doing like a, uh, uh, you were covering that show for um, the blog you write for. Yep. And so, yeah, what did you think of that show? Like uh, from your perspective?
1: Well, I love Animal Collective to start. So I feel like I kind of already knew what I was getting into in terms of like sound.
0: Have you uh, seen it before?
1: And I have, I have never seen Animal Collective live, which sucks, I would love to. Um, but I had seen, I won tickets at First Ave on my birthday, actually, like so randomly, I won tickets to see Panda Bear. Oh. And um, so that was awesome. But nobody wanted to go with me. So I wound up going to that show alone. And, um, but I think Alec was there, but he was actually in like the first row. And I was just- Of course he back, was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Alec, I could see his like head bopping in the first row. Oh, yeah, I'm right. like, that dude was, <laughs>
0: he, he was on a set list, dot fm and
1: he <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy yeah. who fills in set setlist oh that he's show. totally
0: yeah, yeah i think he was doing it at that show so
1: okay <laughs> we, we need that guy so good for Alec but um yeah so i kind of knew the music i was getting into but i was really excited because like i already got to see you know one fourth one third one fourth of animal collective um and so i'm trying to like build up and then then maybe I'll see Animal Collective in the end. <laughs> but I loved it. I love that venue. Um, why can't I think of what it's called Amsterdam. now I'm downtown? Yeah, the Amsterdam in downtown St. Paul that they have all the food and yeah. so, and it's cool and intimate. And I don't know, I, I had fun. I thought he was amazing. I think that album is so good. Uh, yeah. Cows in glass Pond, so.
0: Yeah, it's really like creepy, but in a really like elegant way. And, yeah,
1: definitely haunting a little bit.
0: Yeah, and but I like, that's what I love about A.B. Tear's solo work is that it's very, like, swampy, freaky, like, rock mixed yes. with folk. I and, like- yeah, it's, like, sort of noisier, like, um, kind of, like, a more noisy, like, um, direction from, like, sort of their mid-2000s, like, Sung Kong's feels era. And, it, like... I also just love his very like poetic, but also like idiosyncratic songwriting. Like I really like that record too. Um, and got to meet him after the show.
1: That's awesome. That
0: was, yeah, I'm Told
1: too. Me. I get too like starstruck, so I just kind of avoid it unless I have like a set interview with somebody, like for Music in Minnesota or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know. I I'm not a very good public speaker. For a writer, I'm like not that great at conveying yeah. my message it with no, my, I hear you I don't know see what I mean yeah. that's exactly what I mean
0: no I I, I get what you're saying and uh, like it definitely I mean it takes a lot of like self-discipline I feel like to just kind of keep your composure around somebody that you literally like um who whose like art and ideas have just like had such a visceral impact on you that it's like this person has no idea like you know how much like how long I've been listening to this and how much it means you know it's like what do you say at that point yeah but 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 that then like you know I try to just look at him like when I met I just at the end of the day try to just look at him as just another just a guy you know yeah
1: exactly that and that's what I'm always afraid of like you know I don't want to run up to somebody and be like oh my god your music it saved me it changed my life and they're like I'm just trying to like order some Wendy's dude right
0: (laughs) I'm just trying to drink like you know a a Bud Light
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) so I just try to play it cool like yeah
0: yeah (laughs) we became friends on on social media after that and uh I saw you're this huge like music fan and uh you wear all these really dope like elaborate uh outfits like out at festivals and shit and uh you like the bleep bloops yep
1: the beep <laughs> bloops well i do like the bleep bloops too but the beep boops the beep boops and the boop beeps i mean all, all the beeps all the sounds wait
0: beep boop boop bop, boop boop beep
1: <laughs> i know that one that yeah
0: right yeah um <laughs> um just think of the spongebob episode
1: yes that's one of the best
0: oh yeah of course <laughs> um yeah so um I'd, I'd love to talk more we're gonna talk more about just kind of like how much we miss live music for sure in a bit but first
1: yeah
0: you so are you like are you originally from the twin cities
1: No. So I actually, I grew up in New York. Um, I am from Westchester County, so I kind of grew up in big time privilege, which is maybe what turned me into what I am today. Um, but I kind of hated it there growing up by, um, I don't know. I just, I was always a little bit of an outcast. So I definitely wanted to go far away. So, um, I looked at Minnesota. I looked kind of everywhere in the Midwest, big 10, you know, Wisconsin, whatever, but really loved Minneapolis because I knew I wasn't going to be able to like go from being in New York city, basically to being like in the middle of a cornfield. So I settled on Minnesota and I've been here now for seven years, I think almost. Yeah. So, and I love it here. i don't think I'll maybe ever move, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, hey, that's a bold statement, um, like that the the cold doesn't push you out, you know?
1: I actually prefer the cold, which is why I came out here, because like in New York, it's kind of customary almost that if you're gonna go to a bigger school far away, everybody goes south, everybody goes, you know, K- Tampa, North Carolina, whatever. Yeah. I get way too sweaty for that. That was never gonna happen. So, <laughs> so I was like, I will go to the tundra. That'll be better for me. I love hockey. So.
0: Hi. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's dope. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely like, winter has its merits for sure. Um, you know, aesthetically, scenically, um, culturally, you know. I feel you though, like uh, I, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. And like, I also grew up in like a pretty wealthy suburban area, and I also felt very outcasted too. Kind of just how I've always lived my life—that like I don't feel like I fit a mold anywhere. Like I kind of just, same, I'm just out here vibing. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> I I've really been thinking about that a lot lately, actually, because I've recently gotten addicted to TikTok, which I don't recommend. I'm trying to break break out of that (laughs) Um, but I'm only like a couple days in so I think I can stop myself but um, I feel like everything that I've like seen on TikTok well first of all everything I see on TikTok is kind of mean Um, (laughs) but everything on TikTok is about like an aesthetic like what kind of cool girl alt girl e-girl aesthetic do you have and I guess maybe that's like a Gen Z thing that I just don't understand but I have just like, I feel like I've never really had an aesthetic. I just like do literally, I wear yeah. whatever I want. I do whatever I want. I'm interested in whatever I want. I don't know. I totally. Don't, I don't fit into a mold or an aesthetic whatsoever.
0: <laughs> Dude, that's fucking dope. That's like the best way to be, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I- <laughs> yeah, like I never, I never got that idiot, like all those like, how all those like aesthetics and scenes are like so stratified, you know, where it's, kind of like best to just pull a little from everything um and yeah like that's and I've noticed kind of that that's sort of how you are with like your various interests and that you listen to a lot of different kinds of music you you know obviously like have a lot of different hobbies and it's like yeah and that also I mean as you get older that definitely becomes um like you you learn to really live into that because it it allows you to branch out and like it kind of um, it sort of like blurs the lines over like what your comfort zone even really is yeah and it, you just find yourself like being able to relate to a lot of different kinds of people and make a lot of different friends you know yeah
1: that's exactly what I was gonna say was you know I I can connect with so many people on so many different levels just because I've literally had my hand in my parents used to call me hurricane girl growing up because (laughs) I used to literally just like do everything all at once and like take everything out all at once and just do. So I feel like I can just kind of relate to everybody on all these different interests, which is really
0: nice. Hell yeah, that's tight. Um, Jules, when you were a kid, like when you were younger, like what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Oh my God. I actually laugh about this all the time because in third grade we made little like flat Stanleys of ourselves and they were supposed to be wearing the outfit of the career we wanted. Mm. And I made mine an army ranger. <laughs>
0: Bird. Okay.
1: So for a while, I really wanted to be an army ranger. I don't know about, I think I just was, I watched a lot of like Black Hawk Down and like those kind of things growing up with my dad. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I said I wanted to be an army ranger for quite a while. And then I, Took the vet route because that seemed pretty standard, um, and then for a while I really wanted to be a fashion designer. But I am very all over the place, and I wound up coming to the U for journalism.
0: Oh, that's what I graduated into.
1: I did not graduate.
0: Oh. oh shit! Oh.
1: <laughs> I switched my oh, major a bunch of times because I am very indecisive, and I wound up graduating with a forestry degree. And oh, wow. an American Indian studies minor, which I loved my studies and I had so much fun in college and with, in my major. But then I graduated and I was like, I don't really want to work in a park as much as I love national parks, but it's just not what I want to do. And I really wanted to write, especially after writing for music in Minnesota for like a year at that point that I was like, you know what, I could totally do this. Like people just yeah. freelance. So I kind of went out on a whim, applied to this marketing agency as a content writer. And now I've been working there for almost a year, a little under a year. So I've just been kind of doing that. And then uh, I volunteer, you know, music in Minnesota, hopefully once music gets back. <laughs> but but yeah, so I, I'm i a writer, but that's a time. forester as well.
0: <laughs> that's that's. What a, what a, what a combo, you know?
1: <laughs> like, it just it doesn't make sense, but it's fine.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's dope. Um, that's, that's very, that's like a very dynamic mix yeah. of things. Um, you kind of lived into the fashion a little bit with the feel goods. Yeah.
1: So, so it kind of came full circle. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I was kind of talked out of going to art school like my senior year by my family, a little bit. My brothers are all very successful in like engineering and Wall Street and all that stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, maybe you shouldn't go to art school. Um, and although my parents are definitely supportive now and were back then as well, but just, you know, wanted to make sure I was gonna get a good start so but now they see that you know i i was able to figure it out and i feel like i'm like the walking billboard for your major does not matter you can literally do w- whatever you want if you're a great writer just keep writing grow your portfolio you'll find a job somewhere Totally.
0: <laughs> right absolutely like you know our generation is um really championing the idea of like you know not being defined by what academia like tells us we need to do to like be successful like there's all these alternative paths to do that and different ways to like monetize like you know what we're good at and stuff (laughs) yeah exactly and that's 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 tight um yeah like i i graduated in journalism it's the only thing i ever felt like i was good at um and that but like I initially wanted to be like a reporter, you know, I wanted to work for a news station, but then like over time, I'm like, it's not really me like to like, you know, go chasing after stories of like, you know, who just died yesterday or some shit like that, you know? And it's like, well, that stuff is important. Like, it's just, I don't really feel like. Yeah. I was
1: kind of feeling the same with journalism when I was doing it. it was like, I had one professor who was like, if you're not prepared to be up till 5am and like deadline, go, go, go. And I was like, I, I'm not, I don't want that. Emotionally
0: taxing. Like I'm
1: I'm not a strong, I mean, I am like a fairly strong person, but just like if too much is on my plate, I will break down. So.
0: totally, Yeah, no, I agree. And so I felt like I wanted to do journalism about in something that like I'm I get excited about you know so I went the music journals and route too and um I uh been writing uh DIY for two years now and uh like even though it's not nearly paying the bills um <laughs> like I, Neither I still be- is. <laughs> yeah I believe that it will eventually
1: <laughs> me um, too for you
0: oh <laughs> yeah yeah and we have we have like Such an amazing music scene here. I've heard great things about the Twin Cities music scene.
1: Yes, it's amazing as well. And I don't actually think I've ever been to a show. Have I been to a show in Milwaukee? Maybe not. I was supposed to go see Zed's Dead at the rave.
0: Oh yeah, right. But then
1: that got canceled because I think that's where COVID literally started, so.
0: (laughs) Damn. We could have (laughs) linked. Yeah, that would have been fun.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll make it out there, though, soon. Yeah.
0: Sure. Have you been to Milwaukee? Like, maybe?
1: I have been to Milwaukee a couple times. I actually love Milwaukee. If I was going to move somewhere, I might move to Milwaukee. Milwaukee is so cool. It is underrated.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's dope. I mean, it's not without its, um, its problems, for sure. For one, oh, it's, yeah. like, the most segregated city in the country.
1: Yeah, I, I should have, I should have, uh, you know, added a little asterisk there to say, like, I love Minneapolis, but like we have, you know, terrible oh, of public officials and police, yeah. people, like, you know, that sucks, but I love the people, love the music. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's, I mean, there's, you got that with every city, wherever yeah. you are. but yeah, no, I, I love Milwaukee, no reason to leave, but I would love to come up to the Twin Cities a lot more often. Yeah. Um, eventually you know like um you basically have like two cities worth of music as one big scene and that's pretty fucking awesome
1: yep and just like so many cool venues so many historical venues um so many venues now that they were like you know refurbishing renovating and reopening we were supposed to have a Fillmore that I think got like one show, maybe not even one show in. I think they got their like kickoff party in and then to closed because COVID. But we have so much here. So I like was kind of blown away when I moved here because, you know, I came from New York. Like, you know, you can go see literally anyone. MSG, you can go to Webster Hall, small venue, big venue, whatever. And that's like kind of why I love Minneapolis is because it gives me that almost New York feel that I have like these really small intimate venues, but then I have the Armory, I have XL, I have huge, you can go see people play at like Target Field and US Bank Stadium if you really want. And so it's like, you could literally see anybody ranging from Justin Bieber to somebody with 10 Spotify plays. (laughs) Dude,
0: For real, I love that. Yeah, Yeah, like I love the basement shows. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like, um, like, I live in a really, like, kind of hipster, low-income neighborhood, and uh, there's a lot of DIY shows. So nice. I've uh, spilled a lot of beer in a lot of basements.
1: <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Although I have not been to a house show, <clears throat> I am kind of, like, ashamed to admit that I probably haven't been to a house show in, like, three years now. hmm but that's just because that last year before <clears throat> COVID hit, I was really, like, you know, hitting every weekend for music in Minnesota. I was at the Armory, at Myth, at Skyway, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get that. How would you uh, um, get in touch with uh, the blog?
1: Um, well, so originally, I had started my own music and, like, rave fashion blog. And I am really bad at committing to things, so that was kind of fizzling and I was like, oh, I I wanna find like more structure, but still be able to write about music. So I, um, one of my good friends had a friend who was writing for music in Minnesota who had just covered, do you know, I I don't know if I should talk about this, but do you know Call Me Charisma? No. Okay, he's like a Minnesota-based artist. This has already been fully fleshed out, but I'm gonna bring it up again because I feel like we need to hold abusers in the music community, Uh, (laughs) but- He like blew up, he had a song with Alenium, and then it came out that he was like messaging underage girls for nudes and like doing the thing that shitty musicians love to do when they first find fame. So um, he totally got, you know, shit on and music in Minnesota actually covered a story about it, like, kind of exposing it. And it's like still to this day, like one of our most read pieces yeah. And my friend sent that to me and she was like, dude, my friend just wrote this. Like you, you could totally like join their team and be covering similar shit. And so I just reached out to them, Bo Weber, who's another um, music or musician in the community who is awesome and so nice and so helpful um, and reached out to him. And he was just like, oh, like, heck yeah, come on. Like you can do cover whatever you want. Um, And he was like, but I see like, EDM. So if you want to just like literally pretty much take all those, by all means, because no nobody else wants to go listen to dubstep on our team, really. Oh shit. So I was like, well, I do. So I'll yeah,
0: pass. right. <laughs> you kind of just had your uh, your niche waiting for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it fit perfectly. Although it obviously, I have not written anything for them in a while, because obviously no shows. And I also was just like going through my own personal health struggles. Um, so I just like, even if they have some stuff posted up, like right now, I'm just not picking anything up too many things on my plate again. Right, <laughs>
0: And that's okay. I mean, it's hard to expect anything from anyone right now, like these. Yeah. Days. So I, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, power of, no- of knowing the right people and stuff. Yeah. Like
1: that. Yeah. And Uh, I think, I mean, I think they're basically like always taking volunteer writers. Um, We have, like you know, editors and um, a bunch of really talented photographers and videographers. Um, But I feel like we're like always looking for writers because it's just volunteer based. And then you, you know, get to go see cool shows, cool photographer or meet cool friends.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's, that's lit. Yeah, Yeah. Like I, yeah, I pretty much almost completely stopped like having to like pay for shows anymore because the blog would cover the blog I write for would cover my tickets to like do write-ups on the show and it's great
1: yeah it's the best, <laughs> it's the best thing
0: ever yeah.
1: it's, it's a lot nicer than what I was doing before I was doing this which was I was on the sky skyway theater is the like rave theater it's mm-hmm. a total crap hole like I love skyway it's like my second home but it's a crap hole Sure. Um, but they have a street team. And so if you join their street team, you have to like, you know, flyer at the end of shows and you have to share shit on Facebook, whatever. And um, so I joined that and I I could just feel everybody getting so annoyed, like, Jules, stop sending us invites to all of these shows we don't want to go to. So now I don't have to bother people on Facebook for free tickets. <laughs> now yeah. I just have to write.
0: <laughs> well, um, I'm sure that's a little bit more um, rewarding, I feel like, you know, because, (laughs) yeah, 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 because then you're like, you're not asking anything of anyone, you're just, you know, sharing what you think, uh, which is, which is tight, Um, so, obviously, I mean, I can imagine you grew up listening to a lot of different shit, yeah, yeah, so, tight, so, Well, I know that, so EDM's like your big thing. Um, What was kind of like your inception into listening to that kind of music?
1: Um, Well, specifically that kind of music, my brothers were kind of into it growing up. Um, And I used to kind of think it was lame, but um, my one brother, Tom was really into Zeds Dead. And I love, I don't know why, I just always like really loved their music. Um, and so he used to come pick me up from school and play Zed's Dead all the time. And so I kind of like was into that. And then I have a vivid memory of my brother, Corey, coming to me and being like, oh my God, Juliana, you have to come listen to this song. It's like, I don't know what this like British dubstep stuff is, but it is so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so we-, we 2011,
0: go in- man, 2011.
1: Yep. <laughs> we go into the computer room where we go onto the computer and we're on YouTube and he looks up like I I want to say it was like Skrillex um like Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites and he played it and I was like what like what is this? this is like the craziest thing I've ever heard so that was kind of like when I first started really listening to it um and had like a few things on my iPod, my iPod, right. yeah. <laughs> um, dating myself, but um, then kind of in high school, like I always listened to, you know, like the the big electronic stuff, you know, Zed, Martin Garrix, like stuff that plays on the radio and yeah. it wasn't really until I moved to Minnesota and there was all of these, <clears throat> you know, different venues and I met all these cool like-minded people that wanted to go to shows with me because it was really hard to drum up people to go to shows with in high school. I went to a lot more like alt punk, like pop punk kind of things. Um, I was a scene kid in high school. So So I went to a lot more of like those things, but um, out here, like there's a huge EDM scene, huge. It's crazy. The Minneapolis Rave Fam is awesome. Shout out to them. And um yeah, so that's kind of like when it started like really taking hold was like freshman year when I moved here. But my start was definitely middle school, Zed's Dead and Skrillex. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> Actually, I remember the first time I heard of Zed's Dead was when I was from their remix of Sublime's Doing Time. <laughs> I remember like try I was like downloading all the songs like when I was like 15, you know, like
1: yep. On LimeWire?
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah. Actually, LimeWire is. I think that was more like middle school.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You might be
0: right. right. Yeah. But I remember like downloading. I tried to download like the actual "Doing time song, but I downloaded the Zeds Dead remix instead. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I kind of like it.
1: (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with this. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, is there something wrong with this song? Like, um. But yeah, I remember like. My friends and I, like, we found Dubstep, like, you know, we don't like to talk to him now, about him now, but Bass Nectar was kind of yeah. our yep. 2011, you know, like, that summer. I remember, like, we thought it was, like, the craziest, coolest shit, um, but actually, like, what I, what really got me back into EDM back in the day was my friends and I used to go to Lollapalooza oh, every yeah. year. Uh, have you been?
1: I have been to... Two or three times now. Yes, it's fun.
0: The Perry's stage.
1: I've been to Perry's <laughs> stage quite a few times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally I, people spend their entire weekends there.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think I did do that one one year. I yeah. definitely spent a large majority of my time at Perry's. But as the years go on, it gets harder to do that because of the crowd that Lollapalooza likes to draw in. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just a lot of like, wacky like 17 year olds from like like rich suburbs kids
1: kids doing party drugs for the first time in their life yeah like getting doing
0: (laughs) doing drugs they found like on the ground you know
1: or bought from somebody in the porta potties or something you know it's it's kind of spooky but uh, (laughs)
0: yeah yeah (laughs)
1: i'm I'm old now so i just kind of hang in the back
0: (laughs) yeah yeah same um but we used to go to Lala and I remember like my senior year of high school, like some of my friends were like really into EDM. Like they, like, they were super into keys and crates. So like we would like on the weekends when we had nothing to do, we would drive around and like smoke weed, get Taco Bell and listen to keys and crates Nice.
1: Like,
0: or like Steve Aoki. Yeah. Um,
1: that sounds like my ideal weekend, honestly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <To> this <day. laughs>
0: We used to take videos of us doing like, dances to to like robotic dances to like boneless by stevie elke
1: (laughs) this is the original tiktok
0: here Uh, we would have been friends (laughs) um yeah and so that was kind of how it started um you know like um i saw like flux pavilion and like excision and uh lindsey sterling nice and um Yeah, just flume, like a lot of like those different, yeah, yeah, a lot of different EDM and like electronic artists like at Lala. We went to the Martin Garrix after party at the Aragon Ballroom.
1: Wait, that is so sick, actually. I need to hear about that at some some point. (laughs) Dude. I literally have a martin garrix tattoo i love the man it was like it was one of
0: those fun (laughs) nights of my life like we were
1: just makes music that makes you like feel freaking good
0: yeah and he's our age like yeah yeah.
1: which is crazy because he's just like super
0: talented that was like a yeah i remember that was like a it was literally like a last hurrah with me and my friends from high school like because we all did that together, like right before we went off to college, like together. So it was like us.
1: Yeah,
0: it fucking was. And I sweat through all my clothes.
1: (laughs) Oh, at Aragon Ballroom. Yeah, you'll literally walk, you'll take your shoes off after and like dump out water. It's so hot. Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like we saw Major Laser at the Aragon also like more. I mean, I'm not as much into EDM These days is like I used to be, but like I remember, like, I used to listen to like Odessa a lot, um, Pretty Lights. Yep, hell yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, hell yeah, that's a tattoo.
0: (laughs) Tight, hell yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, like Odessa, Pretty Lights, um, yeah, yeah, like
1: Pretty Lights, another OG that like my brother first got me into.
0: Hell yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so, I mean even though, like, I'm not super into that stuff casually, like, I love the live experience of it, and, like, uh, I've um, I've interviewed some, like, dubstep and house producers in Milwaukee, and they're some of, like, the friendliest and most, like, community-oriented people I know, so it's just the culture of it is, you know, speaks volumes to how much music can bring people together from all sorts of walks of life. And I know, I know you can attest to that. 100, Yeah,
1: definitely. 100% agree. I have like seriously met some of the most awesome and unique people in crowds or at festivals or whatever. And I feel bad because I feel like EDM totally gets a bad rap. Like everybody thinks that it's like, go, go, go party time, like whatever. And yes, there are some people who definitely treat it that way, but like, I just think and I know people think that about me, especially people from my hometown, which is really frustrating because like I'm definitely a bit of a stoner, but like I'm a very responsible person. I, I write about these shows. I can't go and you know get messed up out of my mind or anything. Like I I need to be there and I love the music and I wanna be there and I wanna write about it. Like it's a legitimate experience that I love. And I feel like there's people out there who are like, you know, people only like EDM so that they can party, and that is just like so far from the truth. Like my group of friends, my little rave fam, we traveled to see Odessa. Yeah, I think we traveled to six different states at Hell one yeah, point. Yeah. Literally, like, fought, like people with the Grateful Dead, except huh? those my friends in Odessa.
0: <laughs> like, you we, go places. You go places for these artists for these. Yeah,
1: experiences. and like I have had so many experiences, like. La- or I guess now two years ago, I went to Second Sky, which is Porter Robinson's like own um, yeah. music festival that he kind of curated. And Porter is my favorite artist of all time. So right. I had to be there. So I flew to Oakland by myself, mm-hmm. met up with a girl there that I had never met before and her friends in a hotel. They, we just all got a hotel together. And, like, to this day, me and those three girls are all still great friends. We were going to try and go again the next year, but obviously COVID happened. Oh, yeah. But, like, I literally just met up with strangers at a hotel in Oakland, California. <laughs> yeah. My mom is like, are you out of your mind? I'm like, yeah, yes, dude. I am. <laughs> but, like, those, it's such a community. Oh. Like, it is such a community that I could travel all the way to California and have, like, Three people that I've never met before that I know are gonna like make sure I get there okay we're all gonna stay in the hotel and be safe together like we're gonna watch out for each other we'll stay together at the festival it's crazy
0: the instantaneous trust that you develop like right away with these people that are super uh the super profound connectedness with the music and the experience the environment the culture like it's yeah like
1: like a whole that's, thing it's not PM. Like it's like everything
0: <laughs> yeah like that's how I am with um you know the the, the animal collective spirit posting group that I'm in yep. on Facebook <laughs> like where I feel like it just feels like a family that where I don't even like know these people but they already feel like I already feel like I have so much in common with them because we're all here for the in this context
1: yep exactly and
0: that's there's nothing like that for sure
1: it's awesome
0: yeah um yeah. So, um, what have been like some of your like favorite festivals that you've been to?
1: Oh God. Well, for sure, my favorite festival ever is Electric Forest. If you ever have the chance, have fun you been?
0: fact, I, I have not. But my one of my best friends, uh, she she's a bass head. Ooh. Um, she's getting married at Electric Forest. Oh my gosh! Look. I know
1: yeah <laughs> my, my friend got married there last time forest happened oh, so it's awesome
0: <laughs> yeah time. yeah like I think it's not to like 2024 or something like that but um I've pretty much promised her I'm gonna go um okay. well because and that's cool like because electric force is also sort of like that spiritual setting that a lot of the music is meant to put you there in the first place but you're actually there like in yeah, this mystical forest
1: 100 exactly exactly how it is it is truly magical truly spiritual i've literally had conversations with my parents where unprompted i did not even say this that we were like talking about you know when we die going to get buried, going to get cremated, whatever. My dad's like, you know, Jules wants to get cremated and have a spreader ashes at Electric Forest. And I was like, that's a great idea. Sure. (laughs) Like, do that. (laughs) So I I always tell people that if you're going to go to a festival, even if you don't like EDM, there's so much. There's jam bands. I mean, there's, you have all different genres of EDM. It's not just, you know, like when you go to Lost Lands and it's straight up dubstep for Four days, but like you can really find such a huge variety of singers, of bands, of all different kinds of people and all different kinds of art. So I love Forest. Forest is the best. I will never not go to Electric Forest. I still have my ticket to Electric Forest for whenever it happens. <laughs> um, I have been to EDC, which is not really my vibe personally. But that's not to say I did not have an amazing time there because you can't not have an amazing time at EDC. The production is the production level is like out of this world, unbelievable. Where sure is it? That is in Vegas on the Motor Speedway. It's like ah, okay, big or just as big or bigger than Ultra, which is down okay. in Miami, and it's like literally one of the biggest electronic music festivals in the world. So that one is crazy and crazy expensive. And Vegas is crazy expensive, so I don't know. I'm not huge on EDC, but it's definitely an experience to check out once. <laughs> um, I'm more of a camping festival kind of person because you then you really get that sense of community. Then you know you're cooking breakfast with the people camping next to you, and you're sharing. You know you're smoking a joint at the end of the night all together, and you know you really get to bond with random people from all over. Um, so I definitely always prefer camping I miss Somerset in Wisconsin I wish that still existed (laughs) Um, but my best friend um, was
0: super into that festival yeah
1: Yeah. honestly Somerset was like for what it was for where it was it was so good they used to always get such good lineups and well
0: uh, I just heard I actually just 30
1: minutes from me so perfect
0: I heard there's a lot of cops there like they used to call it summer setup <laughs>
1: oh, god. oh my god, I can't tell you how many of my friends literally my friend's car got torn they took everything out after it was packed like a jigsaw because she had and this is her fault she's dumb but she had a joint in in between her boobs and her bra. Oh dear. And the stupid dog smelt the one joint and they literally ripped apart her whole car and finally after they took everything out she was like, it was me. I have this in my bra I'm so sorry and then they like let us go but it was like (laughs) for one joint come on
0: god that's that that's so lame that's uh, that's like you
1: see people like coming in those when your car is coming in those gates there you'll definitely see people getting like arrested and whatever
0: word yeah so
1: (laughs) but Somerset was fun. Maybe that'll come back at some point. But yeah, I would say a forest. I had an amazing time at Electric Zoo last year, (laughs) which also gets a really bad rap um, because kind of the same reason as Lala, I think, is that a lot of like New Yorker, uh, because it's it's on Randalls Island right in New York City. So I feel like a lot of like, you know, 17, 18 year old New Yorkers who have never been to a show in their life or been to a (laughs) festival go to that just because it's right in their backyard which I, I don't blame them. Um, but like everybody was like, oh, you're going to have the worst time. The vibes suck. Like guys are going to grope you. It's going to be terrible. I had the best weekend of my life at electric zoo. I met some of the most amazing people that, cause I went by myself Mm -hmm. and I was like planning on just like, you know, I know a lot of people in the EDM community. So I was like, I'm sure I'll run into somebody, whatever I made like a 10 person group of like best friends that literally took me in and we spent the whole weekend together. We were planning on going again this year. Yeah. It didn't happen, but like, again, you know, the community and the vibes in within electronic music I think are like unmatched.
0: <laughs> That's dope, okay. Yeah. Um, who'd you see there?
1: Um, there at Izu, I saw Flux Pavilion, which was awesome because I had not seen him in a while um said this guy who's one of my faves seven lions i saw did i see martin garrick <laughs> there? my
0: funny. boy marty g <laughs> <laughs> i
1: i totally forget kind of but um oh i saw diplo and i love Diplo. yeah
0: did you ever do uh lost lands
1: i wish i was just saying yesterday that i i gotta get there at some point i did dance festopia which is like almost like a mini Lost Lands these days. It didn't used to be that way because they used to have a really wide variety of music. But in the last couple of years, they've kind of switched to like only dubstep and like rhythm basically. So I did that, which was a lot. (laughs) So I don't know if I would even survive Lost Lands, but I feel like I just need to go for like the experience.
0: Yeah, I feel that.
1: Every raver needs to go to Lost Lands, I think.
0: every raver
1: <laughs> yeah. no, I, I don't actually think that but <laughs> but i Mike just know that i would sponsoring. love to have that experience like i'm very envious of other people who have the yeah. dinosaurs have buttholes
0: dude
1: like, how neat is that?
0: how neat is that
1: go up to the dinosaur and be like "Boop." <laughs> <laughs> and right that's not enough to draw you in to go to lost lands then the seven no it's more than 72 hours four straight days of dub stuff
0: <laughs> whoa <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah man I the reason I asked is because I, I defeat that same friend who's getting married at electric Forest I had to uh, feed her cat while she was at lost lands uh, <laughs> Shout out to chiquito um that's the cat's name I was actually gonna go to um Desert days with Alec this past year because he went two years ago and
1: yeah, talked about
0: it. Yeah. And that would have been my first camping festival because I've never done it. And uh, it's all like the music of like, you know, psychedelic yeah. and experimental and shit like that. Like I would have loved that. But one day it'll be back.
1: Yeah. Dang. If you guys, I think I did maybe talk to Alex about, I know, or Alex, sorry. I know I did talk to Alec about him going once but I think maybe we talked about you guys going if you do hit me up
0: <laughs> we, like all go together
1: that would be together. so fun yeah
0: we could be like a whole squad
1: yes I'm very <laughs>
0: I'm
1: sure we could convince my friend Sarah to come too and then we would really be a squad you
0: would love oh, her she's awesome. I'm, I'm into that yes that would be sick yeah um so tell me a little bit about um your uh your shop you know, feel goods. So, I mean, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you kind of had an interest in like fashion and style uh, from a young age. Yes. So, tell me about kind of how you got into uh, that whole thing.
1: Well, so feel goods is, well, first of all, feel goods is because it's stuff that makes you feel good uh, or good. Goods, no. goods <laughs> that make you feel good.
0: Mind is blown.
1: Right, <laughs> it's super clever, right on the nose there. Um, so before I started Feel Goods, I was working for my ex-boyfriend's mom. She owns a small business making jewelry, Belvia Jewelry, if anybody wants to check it out. Um, she is awesome and her jewelry is awesome, super high quality, but she, her and her partner I had broken up um, in their business. And so she was kind of like swamped with orders. And since I was already crafty and, you know, had an interest in fashion, I was like, you know, if you want to kind of show me a few of the ropes, I'm sure I can help you out at least a little bit. And then it literally turned into me working for her. I still sometimes work for her. Like I still sometimes help her out because she's awesome and I love working with her. But I basically spent three years making jewelry for her full time <laughs> between like school Yeah. and um so that sort of jump started my love for making jewelry, which I had never done before, but I had always had an interest in making clothing and knitting and crocheting and that kind of thing that my grandma taught me. Um, so I was literally sitting on like 20 beanies and like 10 scarves. And it's like, I can only give out so many as gifts before I'm like losing money, you know? So it got to a point where I was like, I love to craft and I'm making all this stuff, but I do not need all this stuff laying around. I need to do something with it. So I came up with feel goods because I have always used crafting and art and fashion as kind of an outlet for my anxiety and my depression um, forever since I was little. And um, so like feel goods, me making stuff for feel-goods is a time that makes me feel good and my aim is that the things that I make make other people feel good, hence the name. (laughs) And so it's it's more instead of being like a like I'm manufacturing a whole bunch of things and like I'm trying to push sales and like be you know this capitalistic store, that's not really the point of feel-goods. The point of feel-goods is for me to have an outlet to be creative and also share that with other people and like like my stuff is priced very reasonably because I'm not really trying to, you know, I don't want to become a millionaire off of the stuff that I make. I just-
0: I It's just a hobby.
1: To, I just yeah. want to make it, but I, I don't want to sit on 300 pairs of earrings. I just don't. <laughs> so, so I got to get them out somehow. So I started feel good. And so it's kind of just like a little passion project, little side project, you know, fills my time when I'm not writing and, especially during COVID and I, I did, I got laid off at the beginning of COVID for a couple months. So it was like all I had to do all summer basically was craft. <laughs> so that's kind of just what I did and that's how it started. And I'm just hopefully growing, just taking it as it comes really. I'm not like, yeah. you know, it's not my full-time gig yet. Right, or
0: yeah. Anything. Well, that, that is that is very wholesome. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Um, And I love that, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, a, it's an outlet for yourself to release. And, um, you know, like, something that just kind of, you do sort of like as a hobby that just helps you, you know, make the world seem just a little bit less chaotic, even if it's just you know for a Even moment
1: I can just make it a little brighter for like yeah. a couple or like if you put on you know a pair of my earrings and you're like oh my god these make like i feel so happy in me it's like yeah. then my job is done like that's the point
0: <laughs> it's like oh my god i'm shiny yeah. i'm shining <laughs> yeah like i love that that's that's fantastic and like uh that's in with any in the case of any creative outlet you know like that's what it's there for and uh, if you can make a little money on the side doing it that's fantastic but you know it's still ultimately you're not losing any um, authenticity from how personal it is to you
1: yeah uh, like because either way I would be doing it you know yeah. so it's it's not like inauthentic. Like you said, like I'm not forcing myself to make new things or whatever. And I definitely work on my own pace. Like there's a lot, especially within the EDM community, a lot of girls and, um, and guys and non-binary people and everybody who own their own little small businesses. And there are some people who just like have blown up or, you know, have worked really hard to blow up and that's what they want to do. But like, That is not, it would be great if I blew up, sure. But then I would like have to drop everything else that I'm doing because I am just like not wired that way. So like for now, this works perfectly for me. I have my full-time job. I have my little passion project on the side. And if I don't feel like posting anything I don't really have like a lot of pressure to post. Mm-hmm. But it's also another really great way for me to even build a stronger sense of community in the EDM community, because I do obviously have a lot of my followers from there that come over to Feel Goods. I do have some like EDM inspired things or whatever. Um, so it's just another way for me to connect with people really, too, which I love. So I like it. It's fun.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's just another component of the culture. Yeah. And that's... Like that makes it more, it's more than just music, you know?
1: So much more people like small business in EDM, in the EDM community is like such a big deal. Like yeah. definitely there are a lot of like fast fashion places that people still shop from and that's fine because you know, if you can only afford clothes from Amazon or you can only afford from iHeartRage, that's fine. Buy what you can afford. I, I hate the idea that like, you always have to shop small and you always have to shop sustainably. Like that's just that.
0: Well, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism.
1: Yeah, that, it's just not possible for some people. So right. like I I hope that people shop small when they can but like that is definitely a huge component of the EDM community, um, especially from the clothing side is like there's so many small brands you can support that like even have reasonable prices that it's, it's great because you're like literally helping somebody in your community that is really doing, putting in all the work, people that you know, people that you see at shows, whatever. So it's exciting.
0: Totally, yeah. And I've noticed that, you know, like you really invest how like um, time in your outfits too. Um, As I've followed you over the years, you know, I've seen that you're really into um, rave fashion too.
1: Yep, rave fashion is super fun. I feel like it's a really good way to express yourself um yeah. and i don't know it's there's like so much versatility and i love to see like people kind of like bend like gender norms and like you see you know dudes wearing like leather harnesses and like you, all these like cool awesome. kind of like bdsm looking outfits and it's like it's awesome because people really put all this kind of effort and it once again just all contributes to the experience itself. Cause like, I'm sure electric forest would still be pretty fun if everybody there was just in like t-shirts and shorts, but it's way more fun when you're walking through the forest and there's like girls in fairy wings and yeah, dude. people walking on stilts and whatever. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's awesome.
1: Yeah, so it, it just so makes cool. it more involved.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and And yeah, like I love how body positive um, yes, uh, the, like the you know rave wear is I don't know for no matter yeah what you said whatever your gender expression is mm-hmm. that's personal to you and your experience and yeah. it's a beautiful it's
1: thing. Super inclusive of sizes like there's so many rave wear brands out there that go all the way up to like 3-4x like you can find so many plus size options which is great because usually like with bathing suits and like that little skimpy stuff that's not the case yeah. but there's demand for it in the EEM community, and I love to see the people delivering.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was your last show before COVID?
1: Um, literally, like the I think we went into lockdown on like Friday, and on Wednesday, I went to see Chelsea Cutler. It was my last show that I was covering for Music in Minnesota before the lockdown. That show was so good. Um, I. I guess i'm a pretty good big chelsea cutler fan but my friends were all going and so they were like jules if you can write for it you should totally come and i wound up like literally being like moved to tears by her <laughs> it was so good so um if you ever get a chance to see chelsea cutler i highly recommend
0: noted oh <laughs> uh, yeah well that's that's cool that you gotta you got that in um yeah. before all hell broke loose you know yeah, like four days, I think like four or five days before uh, COVID, um, before lockdown, my last show was actually Wilco.
1: Oh, really? The That's Sil- kind of awesome.
0: Yeah, at the Sylvie in Madison. And it was really fun. It was cool. It was, but it was packed. Like, the Sylvie is like a, a newer venue in Madison. And like, it's pretty big capacity and like, you know just the idea of like those massive like you know sardine packed crowds like you just kind of like recoil at the thought of that like
1: cringe already now like, yeah can't even imagine it it was it was honestly kind of weird at Chelsea Cutler and I think it was probably because you know at this point there had been a huge boom about the coronavirus and Chelsea Cutler's definitely like caters to a lot of like 8th grade, ninth grade, 10th grade girls. No offense, Chelsea Gellar. But um, <laughs> hey, I would have been blasting her and like crying into my pillow when I was- That reminds
0: me pillow. of like a Young, the Giant concert. Yeah. Like I've never I seen that as a lot of 15-year-olds. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that everybody's like parent, all the like young girls' moms were probably like, no, it's not safe, don't come. Because it was a sold out show and that was the emptiest I've ever seen first Ave in my life. First ab is usually, you know, packed like sardines. And it was so empty, it was almost eerie, it was weird. Yeah,
0: Yeah. man, we're not taking shows for granted, whatsoever on the way, on the other side. Like, (laughs) you know, I like, and that's kind of like, sort of a silver lining I've had with quarantine. I I don't know if like, you feel this way too, but where I, I got into a lot of different kinds of music that I wasn't super into before like I started exploring a lot of more like obscure and you know just kept digging deeper and deeper into like different styles and sounds and textures and found all the shit that you know I wasn't into before so there'll be a lot of different shows to, to go to you know post COVID like that I wouldn't have seen otherwise so taking advantage of the time to really like enrich like what you like and what you're into and finding new things. I mean, that's that's the best thing you can be doing right now.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I have definitely broadened my horizons because you can only listen to so much EDM. I hate to say it, but um, you really <laughs> can. <laughs> so I, I've been exploring a lot more lately, like um, a lot of like hip hop, jazz, a lot of blues. Um, And now, now that I'm on TikTok, there is so many scene kids on TikTok and I just love to see it. Like, I'm so glad that's still being kept alive. And they're all like, like there's a ton of bands on there. That's one good thing about TikTok is you can find some really great music, but um, just like a ton of like uh, reviews of like the best, you know, pop, pop punk albums of 2020 and it's like, well, shoot, maybe I'll get back into my scene kid thing and like start yep. listening to these pop punk bands again. Cause honestly, some of them sound amazing that I've just never heard of.
0: Yeah, there we so, go.
1: So I might get back into that. I'm, I'm starting to veer there.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're uh, a lot of revisiting uh, Definitely. while we have time. Before we close out, you know, um, I wanted, we uh, agreed. Uh, we would talk a little bit about, so you were, um, um, you were very bravely um, you know, uh, on the front lines of the uh uprisings that took place after George Floyd's murder last summer, um, being, you know, on the streets, like where it took where it took place in Minneapolis. And uh yeah, if you would care to share a little bit about like your experience with that and like um just kind of like what you went through, um in that really tragic time?
1: Yeah, well, obviously George Floyd was murdered and that just was like a very, I had just like a really guttural reaction to that. I had already been kind of like struggling a lot with like the idea of the state of the world and um, like the (laughs) COVID and I was already really struggling to feel hopeful about the future and then that kind of happened and I had literally just had a conversation with my dad, not a week before, where he was like, if you are so torn up inside about like, what's going on in our country and what's going on in the world and what's going on in your community, then you should take action. Like, seriously, if you want to quit your job and be an activist, like I wholeheartedly support you, you do what you want to do. And then a week later, George Floyd was murdered and I was like, what the hell, this is horrible. Like, why does this keep happening? This can't keep happening. And it just literally sparked something in me. That you know I saw so many people in the community that I know like watching unicorn riot and like the different live streams. So many people from the music community so many people from the U of M so many people that you know I just know. That I could see them on these live streams people from my community that I know getting shot at getting tear gas getting pushed back and whatever. For doing nothing, for having the same visceral reaction that I had to watching a man be murdered in the streets of my city, like so, I don't know. <clears throat> I like was pissed off to kind of see the the stark difference between like how the people at the Black Lives Matter protests are being treated, and then like you know how white people always get treated, basically. Um, but especially like and. The stark difference now, especially with the insurrection on the 6th. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw a tweet that was like, and with what's going on in Texas, I saw like a tweet that was like, America isn't ready for anything except to stop black people from mobilizing. And it's like, that is so true. We have all this money to spend, you know, on our military. We have all this money to, Minneapolis just spent, I think, like $20 million to put up barricades downtown.
0: Uh, it all goes to war.
1: And to they put in place Operation Safety Net for the Derek Chauvin trial. So, like, I feel like that just tells you, like, they know they're not going to charge us, dude. Like, if you have to spend $20 million on fences and barriers and infrastructure because you know there's going to be riots, like, come on. So, like, I don't know. It just, it really drove that contrast home, seeing these armed dangerous murderous people at the insurrection just get w- walk down the Capitol steps like here you go, get out and then for six straight months over the summer, you know, I'm literally watching my friends get shot with rubber bullets. I'm seeing people, I had a surgery and when I was in the hospital, the lady was saying, the nurse that I was with, she was saying that she helped the guy who got his eye shot out, the like 18 year old freshman from the U of M. Yeah. And so it's like, there was so much more pain and violence and suffering at the hands of, you know, the government and the national guard and MPD than like yeah. there needed to be. And then meanwhile, what happens at the insurrection or what happens at the Capitol happens and they're like, eh, whatever. fine
0: yeah I had in Milwaukee here you know we had weeks of of protests and marches and I had friends that got arrested for handing out food and water to protesters because they quote-unquote broke curfew but that's that curfew is not even legal
1: well they were like shooting they were literally like shooting at people who were sitting on their porches like yeah. walking through the streets and whatever, and so I—I I don't know if you know Gully Boys uh, or the Gully Boys. I do.
0: It's funny you say. I actually um. Are they
1: on your schedule? Because I was going to suggest no, you talk to. Well,
0: them. <laughs> my um, uh, my some of my uh good friends here in the DIY scene. This band called the Unitaskers okay. are like really. They've told me about the Gully Boys and that I should really check them out.
1: You should. You should. They Well, one, they have great music. And two, um, I, well, Nadi, their drummer, subleased my apartment from me, actually, like a couple years back. So just like random. But um, so I have kind of just always followed them on social media and watched their band progress. And they are awesome. They rock. And they are super active in mutual aid. And so- Like, they are a great resource. Um, they're super helpful to people in the music community as well. So the Gully Boys, they're great. I'm sure they would totally come on as well.
0: Oh, word. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah.
1: I was actually supposed to cover one of their shows, like, that was going to happen right before COVID hit. So I'm kind of bummed because I still have yet to see them, but I wanted to cover them.
0: Oh, sure. Uh, uh, you had some resources uh, yeah. I know you wanted to share.
1: So I have a bunch of friends who are like helping out with mutual aid. So I did have a friend send me a list of a couple things, but I think that probably the most helpful main resource is on Instagram. It's called the St. Paul Camps Hub, STP Camps Hub on Instagram. Um, And they are constantly posting, you know, toy drop off, coats drop off, like here's where to Venmo. So like every day they are updating new places to send, new places to help, whatever. Um, But beyond that, there is a ton of other sanctuaries coming up in the city right now. So we have the Logan Park Sanctuary, the uh, Sanctuary Supply Depot, which is also on Instagram. Um, So they're always taking supplies to distribute to all of these camps. Um, There's the Minneapolis Unhoused Union. And then you can also go to TwinCitiesMutualAid.org. Um, and twins and they have a mutual aid project map so that'll actually like tell you where everything is which is really helpful um, but there is a ton of um, there's just a ton of great like organizations in Minneapolis that you can donate to um, and just all these well like, oh, um, oh, maybe I can send this to you send you oh this. yeah
0: that and I can include in the description
1: yeah uh, links because um, it's a cute little picture that she sent me so it's like perfect sure. but perfect. Um, yeah, so there's just a ton of mutual aid, and it's it's like really great to see the community come together. I actually live right outside of Loring Park, which is like right in downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple weeks ago, I was going for my daily walk, and all over the park was just hundreds, if not freaking, it looked like thousands. Like every tree branch, bench. Everything in the whole park was covered with scarves, hats, coats, everything, and had little tags that said, take me, I'm yours or whatever. Oh,
0: that's, that's and, good.
1: It was, and then, you know, by the next day, they were all gone. And it was just so awesome to see. I don't know if it was, you know, one person or it was an organization, but just to always see people in Minneapolis really working hard on mutual aid because- How wonderful. Because our public officials are not doing much for us, so, but at least we yeah. can help each other.
0: Yeah, that's, and the power is with the people.
1: Exactly. And, you know,
0: like, people, you know, people all over the country are struggling to, you know, to have shelter right now, you know, in this vicious cold, you know, people are freezing yeah. to death. And yeah, it, it's crazy. Yeah, and so, and so. <laughs> I mean that's a, that's a whole different conversation.
1: I was gonna say I was I won't even I was yeah. gonna start, but I won't because oh yeah yeah whole we'll, whole another we'll, podcast. We'll talk
0: more eventually, but abolish landlords anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but no, but thank you for sharing all of that. Um, you know, I I appreciate you know as you know, um, as we all do. Just you know that you're you were out there fighting the good fight. Um, you know, I was. Kind of following, like, thank you. Um, following just like uh, what was going on in the Twin Cities and like um, you know the, the 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 uprisings. Even though like unfortunately the momentum was hijacked by the election, telling everyone to you know like it, <laughs> everyone started focusing on like Biden, yeah. you know. And <sighs>
1: but I'm hopeful that the momentum's going to come back and. Not to say, you know, I'm not hopeful that Derek Chauvin gets off, but I just hope that the shift back to the trial now coming up, at least in Minneapolis, will definitely end it getting warmer out here because it was like quite literally so cold that people couldn't mobilize. Um, But I'm just hoping, you know, with the shift back now after the election that the trial is coming up, that at least here and maybe, you know, in Milwaukee and Madison, Midwest areas will get a little bit more traction going again.
0: For sure, yeah, I agree. I that will totally. I know that's going to happen. Like I know, um, you know, it's like, especially just with how much you know the the new Democratic administration has already backpedaled on so many of their promises. I mean, I know that people are still very amplified, and you know, there's this movement called the People's Revolution in Milwaukee who have been marching. Since when George Floyd got murdered, they're on their like two hundred like sixtieth day consecutive day marching. You know, like, and when it was too cold, they were doing car caravans. Oh. so, um, and the group I organize with like organizes with them sometimes too. So I mean, the fight is still breathing fire. Like, yeah, it's definitely
1: still, is here too.
0: It's still going on. Cold. <laughs> Yeah, and but so
1: we have so many people, especially right now here. We have so many people, um, you know, fighting against Line Three and protecting the water, especially Indigenous peoples, Indigenous, um, you know, activists. So I'm super thankful for that out here still going on too.
0: Yeah, so thank you so much, Jules, for being on the show. <laughs> um, thank
1: you for having me. It was super fun. My first podcast. Dude, I told you. <laughs> that's like well, my that's my new thing I'm like always yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, but, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> dude like I mean I for one I knew you were gonna do great like uh, <laughs> I you are a wonderful guest and you know I just I really really like like just from our interactions like part of this like it felt like you know there's already just so much I admired about you with just like how much Thank you. <laughs> You've you enriched the live music experience for not only yourself but for your community and the people around you, and that you're all about like the, you know, just uh, making the world a better place with you know your shop with feel goods um, and uh, with your music blogging and uh, You know, it's, it's just wonderful to see that, you know, you've, that philosophy has, has carried over to fighting the good fight in the streets, you know, for For because sprouting love in the form of art and music and creativity is like it directly works in tandem with fighting for a better world for everyone around us, Um, the marginalized communities (laughs) and for the working class. So as we're closing out.
1: Never say, I could never call myself an EDM fan and represent the community if I did not acknowledge that EDM was quite literally created by Black people. Black men in Chicago house music and we thank you because I would be nowhere without that. (laughs) 100%
0: like all like pretty much all the music has taken inspiration or influence directly from Black culture. So as we're closing out here what keeps you up at night?
1: Ooh, what keeps me up at night? These
0: are the closing questions I ask everyone.
1: TikTok. <laughs> um, right? yeah. No, no. Um, well, as of late, definitely, just kind of like the state of the world um, is sort of what keeps me up at night. Just kind of thinking of ways, ways that I can do better, ways that I can be better for my community, and kind of to now that's making me think of another thing that <laughs> keeps me up at night. See, this is what happens. Um, I don't know i feel like i came from uh definitely a background of privilege i definitely wasn't the nicest person growing up um especially because i didn't kind of relate very well to my peers so i feel like i kind of was a little bit messed up back in the day so so i don't know i'm like always kind of thinking and that's what keeps me up is like how can i change you know how can i constantly be better be better to my friends be better to my family to the people around me to my community how can i you know reflect on you know things in the past, or even right now, that I'm doing that maybe aren't, you know, lifting other people up. My new mantra is like, if if you can't uplift, move on. So if you can't uplift yourself, if you can't uplift another person, then don't do it. Like just if it's not good for you, then you just need to move on. <laughs> so so that's kind of what keeps me up at night.
0: For sure, I I feel and that's 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 a great mantra to live by. Like for me, like a big thing is holding myself accountable, like, like in every sense of the word, you know, like say doing what I say I'm going to do and uh, checking myself when I'm wrong, um, and checking myself, like, you know, how I can keep being a better person every day, like, which we all need to do to varying degrees.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, Yeah. Like that, that. Keeps it's all
1: me. a work in progress. <laughs>
0: we sure are. Um, what puts you to sleep?
1: What puts me to sleep? Weed.
0: Nice. There
1: you go. Honestly, to, that's probably it.
0: Shout <laughs> out to weed. I don't even smoke, but shout out to weed. Yeah. Uh,
1: tight weed uh, tight.
0: Weed. <laughs> this is the end. Weed is tight. Weed is tight. <laughs> yeah. Um. Thank you, Groovy Jules, for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much. It was so fun.
0: It was uh, for everyone watching. Um, I'll be tagging music in Minnesota, feel goods, um, all those resources you need to check out to uh, help folks in need right now. Um, We miss live music and I can't wait till we can all be in one place again. Yes. Um, Thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.